0: Welcome to the Aussie Past Live, right here on Faith Living.
1: G'day, my name is Lloyd Grollerman, I'm the Aussie pastor and welcome, great big warm welcome to you wherever you are in Australia on this Tuesday afternoon August 1. So if you're in Western Australia, South Australia, Tassie, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland or way up there in the Northern Territory, we're glad to have you on board today, hunty. G'day listeners,
2: glad to with you also, I'm glad you're with us. How are you doing over there? Mate, all good, thanks.
1: Everything working electronically, feeling good, no worries? Feeling good, all good. Okay, well it's good to have you here today, uh, Hunty, and I'm, again, big welcome to all the listeners. I think we might start the show a little bit differently today, Hunty. Sure, how's that? Maybe get you to say a prayer right off the bat. How that sound? Certainly,
2: certainly. Yep. Spouts um, together, those who aren't driving. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this uh, privilege this afternoon to come before you and celebrate you, Lord. Uh, Thank you for my mate Lloyd, and I pray that you will bless him um, this afternoon as he opens the Holy Bible and delivers a message from you, Lord. But especially and mostly, I'd like to ask you, Lord, to bless our listeners. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done in our lives so far. We pray this program this afternoon will be to your honour and glory, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen, amen, and no sting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, too, too early in the uh, show. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I like that little quip you put in every week with prayer. Bow your heads. Yes. Except except for those that are driving. Do you, do you really think people bow their heads when they're driving? Well, these Tesla people probably could. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> dear oh dear, Tesla's. Hey, this day in history is a big day in history, Ooh, August tell us what one. Happened. Yeah. Seventeen seventy four I found this very interesting. Seventeen seventy four, August one, English chemist Joseph Priestley discovered oxygen. Wow. Well he never discovered oxygen. Oxygen's always been there. He just discovered that oxygen was there. Quite amazing. Good, on you. So, I don't know how he did it, but he, he worked it out. 1793, France became the first country to use the metric system. That's got to be a good thing, hasn't it, Huntington? Oh, I love the metric system. You've lived in the US? I have. Have you? And. Is is Britain still in the old imperial system too? I don't remember, but I've I've Well, they're in miles. I, I know they're at least well. in miles. Yeah. Now, look, I've got to tell you, if you're listening from the United States of America, the metric system that the French developed and brought in on this day, oh, fantastic thing! 1793 is the best thing ever. Totally. Brilliant. I mean, Americans, wake up to yourself. <laughs> the metric system works in tens. It's kind of easy to work. It is. Um, 1834, Britain abolishes the slave trade today, August 1, 1834. That's got to be a good thing. Yep. 1876, Colorado admitted to the Union of the U.S., becoming the 38th American state. That happens pretty much every week. There's a new state being <laughs> brought into the union. Cool. You been to Colorado hunting? I have. I Love heard it. it's a beautiful place. Spectacular. What about this? I bet you never knew this one. On this day, August one, nineteen hundred and two, at two p.m. on July, uh, on two p.m. at two p.m. on this day, August one. 1902, Mount Kembla Colliery exploded, killing 96 men and boys. The blast, which was heard in nearby Wollongong, created 33 widows. This is straight out of the newspaper. Oh no! And took the fathers of 120 children. So where was that Mount bo- Mount Kembla Colliery, oh, which is wow. Mount Kembla. Right. Yeah, I guess that would that be Port Kembla now? Ah, uh, it'd be pretty close to it. The disaster had an enormous impact on the Illawarra, and most specifically on the village of Mount Kembla. Ah. Maybe it is a place where the shattering effect of lives lost and families torn apart resonates to this day. Well, there's a hundred. 20 years ago, so. But I I got this straight from the newspaper of that day. However, a number of theories were raised, with some seemingly aimed at protecting the mine's reputation as a safe, non-gassy pit. The Royal Commission, the Royal Commission into the 1902 Mount Kembla Mine Disaster, was held between March and May 1903 in Wollongong, Sydney. The Commission determined that gas and coal dust were responsible for the explosion and concluded that only the substitution of naked lights with safety lamps could have prevented the disaster. That's wow, a disaster I serious. never knew happened, yep. August 1, 1902. 1914, I found this really interesting. told you, a lot of things happened on this day. Sure. Emperor Wilhelm II of Germany declares war on his nephew, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, in World War One. You know, World War wow. I was just a great big family argument. Yeah, Literally yes. every head of state was yep. related. Yep. So here you've got the German Emperor declaring war on the Russian Tsar, who was his nephew. Yeah. I oh, mean, come on, just... Get together for Christmas lunch and work it out, that boys. Is. 1936, Adolf Hitler on this day opened the Summer Olympics. Ever heard of Jesse Owens?
2: Uh, famous um, runner?
1: Yeah, black mm. sprinter who mm. who I loved it. Great story, how he humbled Hitler and his white supremacy. Uh, 1941, I put this in for you. On August 1, Ooh. 1941, something special happens for Andrew Art. Okay, what was it? The first Jeep was produced. Ah, very nice. And what a curse they've been on the, world. the world's world's
2: <laughs> greatest <laughs> vehicle.
1: Yeah, so great that you're thinking of selling yours and buying a Ford Ranger. <laughs> you know, I looked into that, actually. Oh, you've changed the Ford mind. Ranger
2: can't tow as much as my Jeep.
1: Ah, oh, so are we mm. staying with the Jeep? The Jeep's in. 1944, the Warsaw Uprising. When the Poles rose up against the Germans, thousands died. The Russians sat on the sidelines, never helped them. They could have, and it failed. That began on August 1, 1944. 1966, Charles Whitman. This is another big one. A student and an ex-Marine fired down from the clock tower on the campus of the University of Texas in Austin, killed 14 people and wounded 31. Mm. This is one of the first mass shootings. You know they found out about this guy? They did an uh, autopsy on him, Hunty. Yeah. He had a tumour, and it was pressing on the area of the brain that causes flight and fight. Oh, dear. Uh, He was a U.S. Marine Quite a hero, and very sad that uh, this one, 1980, August one, Icelandic teacher and politician. I cannot say her name, Vigdis Finnbogadottir. Uh-huh. I'm going to say that again because that's how Vigidis, Vigdis V I G D I S Finnbogadottir became the president. the The president of Ireland. She was the first woman in the world to be elected head of state in a national election on August one, 1980. How do you like that? Very good. That's a good day. Not long like, ago. Oh, we're yeah. not finished. Oh, we're not finished. 1981, MTV Cable Company, do better with the... you know MTV? I love MTV. August 1, 1981, I don't like it. Boring, I don't like the songs. Like oh,
2: no, they set a whole bunch of things alight for us.
1: Mm, yeah, no, I don't like it. 1981, they started. Guess what the first song was they ever played?
2: Oh, um... Radio killed the...
1: Yeah, the wow, wow. TV killed the wow. radio star. Radio killed the video star by the <laughs> boogles. Well done, Hunty. I it's... can't believe you got that. <laughs> yeah. That is a wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Two to go. 1987, Mike Tyson became the undisputed world heavyweight boxing champion. And in 1996, George R, R. Martin published first installment of Game of Thrones. Okay. So there you go. Big, big day in history. Birthdays. I bet you know... Well, you'll know one of these three. 1924, Frank Worrell. No. He's born on August one, 1924. Is exactly. that one of the most famous English cricket captains ever? 51 Tests had an average of 49.48. For you cricket lovers out there, that is huge, and he made nine one-hundreds, nine centuries. 1954, this guy. I bet you don't know him either. He was born 1954. Actually, died 2006. Trevor Burbick. No. World champion boxer. Yeah, don't know any boxers. Mike Tyson ended. He was <laughs> he was Mike Tyson's first victim. Wow. Mike Tyson's march to being one of the greatest boxers the world ever knew. He died 2006. He was a Jamaican boxer. Actually murdered by his nephew. Can you believe? And he was a preacher. Wow. Very sad story, his life. And this one, I reckon you know this one. 1963, August 1, Coolio. Oh, singer. Rapper. mm he died in 2022. They think it was a heart attack. And in deaths, and we'll come to an end in deaths. 30 BC. Mark Antony. You know who he is? Uh royal. Cleopatra and Mark Antony. You know great love story. She, the Egyptian queen and the Roman. Oh, come on, Auntie. Shakespeare? No. I
2: know. I know William. Not a chance. The Bard. I know Bill Shakespeare. He wrote about it. You don't know anything about this? Mark oh, Antony and vaguely, Cleopatra.
1: Vaguely. He lost a battle and he thought Cleopatra had been killed and he stabbed himself with a knife and they came along and said, oh no, she's alive. So they took him to Cleopatra and he died in her arms. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was born, uh, died actually this day, 30 BC, uh, 1834. Robert Morrison, this is a big one that matters, Hunty. Mm -hmm. This guy was a missionary to China. He spent 25 years, at the end of 25 years he passes away, he dies. He had 10 baptisms in 25 years and he translated the Bible into Chinese, thought his life was a failure. One of the guys he baptised ended up being a great missionary, was the beginning of the work in China, and today millions and millions of people are the fruits of Robert Morrison, who died this day, August 1, 1834. You like that? I do. And the last one, uh, 1903, uh, this lady died, August 1, and I know not much about a Calamity Jane. (laughs) Wild West girl. Yep. Apparently she was quick on the draw for gun. Hey, word for the day, and then we better get into the show. Yes. Today's word is... Broigus. B-R-O-I-G-U-S, B R O I G U S, Hunty. Broigus. Yes. Never heard of it? Never heard of it. A bitter dispute or feud is a broigus. Okay. So let me use it in two sentences. <laughs> Here we go. The success of the Queensland State of Origin team against New South Wales losers created a great big broigus between Hunty and Lloyd.
2: Oh, where's the mute button? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm coughing. Cop that, that is so funny. Shall I read that again, or do you think our listeners, no, no, got no, it? listeners have got enough of that <laughs> rubbish? Oh, let me give you a real one. Uh, uh, there was a rift between my grandfather and cousin that translated into a f- big family broigus Fair enough. But I did use it for right the first time around. Hey, sure you wherever did. you are, it is fantastic you are here. You know what happened in history now on August one, and we look forward to creating history on this program
0: with you over the next couple of hours God bless you're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM you didn't like that bro thing, did <laughs> you? <laughs> you
1: didn't like it. I loved it, mate. I loved it. I loved it. Hey. We're going
2: to play a song now, you reckon? Oh, yeah. I'm winding way, you on. Wave and give me the anti-hand <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm winding you on and I'm ready to go. That's right. I'm ready just to keep talking today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. No. That's a bad sign for everyone. Lucky I'm here. The Lord is good. The Collinsworth family, my wife, showed me this song. It's a beauty. You'll enjoy it. is good, the Lord oh, is good sure. he has been good to me for many years and if you accept him and invite him into your life and heart, I tell you Australia, he'll be good to you too, you know what Hunty What's
2: we that? don't believe in a prosperity gospel on this show either do we mate we do not, but we do believe the blessings of God will sometimes flow if you do your best and well, live
1: it's it's, it's the, ble- the great blessing of God is not so much the temporal things, in fact I'm That's telling right. people all the time don't right. put your roots too deep down into this earth It's going to end. The great blessing of God is his presence, is his company as you walk this road. Yep. That's why the Lord is good. Yep. This prosperity gospel doesn't work because a lot of my friends are... Christians and living in overseas countries, hunty, and yep. They're, yep. they're doing it very hard. Yep. So you can throw the prosperity gospel out into the waste bin where it belongs, but the Lord is good and he will walk with you. Wonderful thing. News for today. Indeed. Hey, hunty, New South Wales is going to get a new cop
2: car. Tell us about this. Sure, I know a bit about that, actually. Yeah, I'm sure you do. So they're going to replace the old V8 SRT Chrysler's which, by the way, are a very nice piece of kit. But they're going to replace them with BMW X5s, which is the larger SUV. It gives the police a few more huge bonuses. For one, they're sitting up high in the car, so they're safer if there's a T-bone or a, or a pursuit. Um, they've got better visibility of the traffic. But here's the thing that I really, really like, and Elon Musk started this over at Tesla, and that is a giant big touchscreen in the centre of the car. Elon said to the police force, what do you want? And they said, we want light, siren, cameras, data... And so Elon Musk tailored his touchscreen precisely to what the police wanted. Well, BMW have done that as well, which means when the police force buy Beamers in New South Wales, they get a car with a touchscreen with lights, siren, cameras, recorders, data loggers, number plate recognition. It's all there on the screen, no modification, and BMW supply the car to the police force. They'll plug under the bonnet, and all the guys have to do is connect it to the lights and sirens. Is it quick? Fantastic. That's what I want to know. The Beamer is quick, fast enough for our cops. So don't try and run. Because you'll get caught. Well, those beam will do over 200 k's an hour, and we don't chase past that anyway in New South Wales.
1: 200 k's an hour is not that quick.
2: It's uh, fast enough in the city.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fast enough to catch And an if either. you're on
2: the freeway heading between between you know cities... Where are you going? I'm well, waiting for you. To get fast to where enough you're going. to catch
1: me in my Toyota Corolla. So <laughs>
2: yeah, but then that is slow. The hernia could catch you in your Toyota. <laughs> oh,
1: that was a cruel <laughs> job. I know you're. I know you're still struggling after the broigus word <laughs> the, of the day. Yeah, the yeah, didn't he'll get me. be trying to get back. Hey, but they said the Chrysler's a heap of rubbish. So, in look, this article, say, you look, and you started
2: off by saying it was a beautiful piece of kit. It's a beautiful piece of kit, because it's a. Fire-breathing Dragon, 5.8 SRT V8 engine, quickest car on the road almost. But what they were doing is they were going to traffic accidents and pulling people over and turning them off and leaving all the computers on and the cameras on the recorders on and the lights on. Right. And the message system on, and it would just drain the battery. And at that point, the car is a hemorrhage. What, wreck the car? No, there are so many computers. They just, they don't like it when the battery goes below 12 volts. So what happens then? So you get all these lights on the dash saying the engine's broken, the oh, okay. aircon's broken, all the lights come on saying this car's dead.
1: that would be similar to what I've seen in your Jeep many times. <laughs> <laughs> what about this Australian rent nightmare? This poor girl, mm. Indian student, has to hotbed with mm. an Indian truck driver. Let me explain
2: what hotbed is. Well, I was about to oh, do you, that. No, you but I I'm, no. No, I'm no, ha- actually
1: would be happy for you to do that.
2: No, no, your new story. No, no, go okay, for it. Okay, all right. So hot bed is when you rent an apartment or a, or a small dwelling with someone who works a night shift. They hot bed in summer. So a day a day night. Did shift. you hear that? They hot bed in summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go on. So what happens is, you might share an apartment with a truck driver who works L- night, which she does, which she, she does,
1: and she's a student in
2: the day. And so she's out of the bed at seven a.m. He gets home from work at at seven or eight o'clock in the morning. He sleeps until tea, till dinner time. She comes home from work, and so their bed's basically slept in 24 hours a day.
1: And she said that when they're home at the same time, she's got to go off into a room by herself and sleep on a blow-up mattress. Yeah, terrible. And she said she's got to do this because she comes from India to Australia to study with a whole heap of promises. I feel really empathetic and sorry for her because it's not just her that's struggling with these rental increases. It's, it's pretty much all of Australia.
2: Well, let me tell you, the, the, the police foreign ambulance guy's just got a pay rise of 3 or 4% think, yesterday. Well, I don't week.
1: think that's going to help with the rental. Well,
2: well, no, because the rents in New South Wales, or Sydney particularly, went up 25% over the last 15 months. Yeah. So if you're, if you're an Ambo or a, or a Fiery, and they send you from Quakers Hill to Mossman, you can't even afford with your whole salary to pay the rent there. Well, well what, what, what
1: is scary for this girl is she said she comes over here, she expects to be able to survive. Mm. She says it's harder for her to survive here in Australia than it is mm. in India.
2: Yeah, she's hot betting us. She's playing 550 a week.
1: Hey, hunty, no matter what happens, no matter how much, no matter how, I want to guarantee our listeners are new something. No matter what happens, no matter how hard life gets, I'm never hot bedding with you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) There is no way I get into a bed after you've been there. No way, no way, no way. But we can joke about it and we laugh. You know, I notice around the suburbs I'm living in, and we talk about this regularly on this show, don't we? We do. The struggles Mm. of people, and, and the next news story follows on. Um... I, I notice more and more people piling into houses. Yep. I'm going to visit people, and there you've got the grandparents yep. and the parents yep. and the grandkids and their kids. So four generations in one house. Not a bad thing if you're trying to survive, hunting. I mean, I can imagine me going back to live with my dad and mum. Wouldn't bother me in the least.
2: They've got a bit nice big house.
1: Well, they have. Mm. Uh, and a lot of kids are doing it. Mm. And you, you wonder, you wonder about the future of our kids with what's going on at the moment with not just rental increases, but interest rates going through the roof. Hey, let's hope that the interest rates
2: stay a hold too, Mm -hmm, mate. mm
1: -hmm. Uh, This next one, soaring electricity prices. (sighs) Ridiculous. When does this end?
2: Well, we've got more more pain to go on power yet. uh,
1: We've already had up to 25 30% rise in electricity. Correct. And now they're telling us that we're going to be paying more. Again, in the next few months.
2: That's because the the Greenies and the government of the day have currently decided that they want to replace coal and fossil fuels with wind, and batteries and solar. Is it actually... Is that the reason? Yeah, but as they're closing down coal-fired power stations... The smart move would be to put a nuclear power station here and there when they're replacing coal. Well, you're going to... Then we'd have th- cheap... Th- there, would electricity. Be a lot of, there
1: would be a lot of listeners listening to you right now, Mr. Hunt, that would disagree quite strongly with you on that.
2: Well, that's how Europe's making their uh, emission standards. They're going nuclear.
1: Are you sure? Because I
2: heard... you says more.
1: Germany's, Germany's just closed down all their nuclear power stations.
2: I've never heard that. Let's Google that while you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, We we need baseload power here in Australia, so we need power to run our shopping centres, our air conditioners, our our manufacturing industry. And without coal at the moment, we're having to use hydro, solar and wind, which we don't have, which we're installing at 1,000 miles an hour, and it's expensive, and so we're paying the price.
1: Germany's closed down all their nuclear power stations. Wow. Hmm. So there you go.
2: So what are they doing? Solar?
1: They're going green. Is look, you're into this stuff. I is love green it. power such a bad thing? Green's fantastic, I love it. So to be a greenie on power's not a bad thing. What you're arguing is be a little bit more careful in the transition, is that what you're saying? We
2: should have we should have been on to this ten years ago.
1: Okay. Fair enough. We know when you see these things because it's putting enormous pressure not just on us. You telling me the other day I didn't know this that they the power companies actually charge more for business than they do for mm. us guys Yeah, at they home. charge
2: a lot more for business.
1: So business is doing it even harder.
2: Even harder. Yep. And this is why
1: one of the reasons prices keep going up is because power is going up. Yep. And yet Australia is it true to say Australia is a, a green superpower?
2: Of course. We have the ability. Uh, with all the natural minerals in the earth that we, that we can use to make batteries and solar and wind, we have all that stuff in abundance.
1: Do you think we could be doing it better, Hunty? Or is it bad government? Is that I know these, we're, this is a part of the show where it's opinion. is
2: yeah, of course. Is it bad government? It's my opinion that we should have been building our power and our water infrastructure 10 years ago.
1: Did we have the technology to do it 10 years ago? Absolutely. Okay, so it's bad government.
2: How bad's it going to get, Hunty? Well, let me just re- remind you that um, Toyota is celebrating 25 years of the Prius.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you see all these struggles that people have um, rent, electricity and they, it is a battle out there two things I'd like to say. As uh, you battle through life, do it with Jesus. It's a lot easier, hunty. Yes. Do it with Jesus. Of the second thing is, if you are a Christian and you believe in the second coming of Jesus, look up, because I think soon we're going to see him come.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Ask the Aussie Pastor, hunty.
2: Wow, is that where we're up to? Oh, no, just give it a promo. It a <laughs> Let me pro- give it a plug. All right. It plug. It, it's Phew. there
1: on your program. All right. It's there
2: on your program. It's not too late. Um, <laughs> my favourite segment is Ask the Aussie Pastor. And if you'd like to send us a question this afternoon, you can, one of two ways. You can text us on 488 or you can email us. And the email address is easy. It is theaussiepastor at gmail.com.
1: Now, if we don't answer today, do you put them in line? Yeah. And...
2: I'll line them up, and we'll get to them next so week. So in the next few sure. weeks, I'll be answering. If you've asked a question today, I promise you we'll get to it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Let's go to another song from Perfect. the Redeemed Quartet, whom I really like. These guys have great harmony. Out of the United States of America. Man, there's some good singing groups, gospel singing groups over there, are mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I <sighs> Wish we had more in Australia. I've come too far. This is talking about, hey, when you make a decision for Jesus, when things get tough, and we've just been talking about tough times, don't turn back. Stay looking at Jesus. Keep walking with him. You've come too far.
3: places I've known Far to look back again, there is nothing behind me, all the treasures I used to know have all faded from. Beauty. my I've
1: that tight. Yes. Is it the mixing, the sound mixing, or is it they are that
2: good? Okay, there's a couple of things running here. Really good production values, compressors, nice microphones, perfect timing, perfect spacing, perfect everything, but that's only a small percentage of the secret. Those guys are so talented, and they are so perfectly in time and so perfectly in pitch. And if they're not perfectly in time, there's a computer that can fix that. So those guys... If they were singing without any electronic help, you'd be sitting there going, wow. If that was their natural voice, natural timing, and natural pitch, you'd be going, wow. We've got vocoders which pitch correct, and we've got timing that adjusts timing. You put all that stuff, that computer AI on now, you get perfect pitch and perfect timing. But I'm not interested in that. No. If you didn't have that,
1: they still sound fantastic. I
2: reckon those guys are
1: hot. Bernard Lange, ever heard of him? Uh, No. He's a German professional golfer. You're not a sports fan, are you, Hunty?
2: Not a... English cricketers or German golfers, no. But
1: this guy was incredible. He's a two-time Masters champion and was one of the world's leading golfers throughout the 80s and the 90s. That's when you and me were young. In 1986, he became the first sports number one ranked player. And he's a Christian. That's nice. He's a born-again, on-fire, disciple, believer, follower, of Jesus Christ. I like that a lot. I do too. Yeah. And his
4: testimony is a good one. Let's hear it, mate.
2: Oh, 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 oh. okay.
4: <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Bernhard Langer. This is my lovely wife, Vicky. And uh, we're on the board of Live the Life of South Florida. We uh, really care about families and relationships. Now, let me tell you how I got to meet Jesus in a personal way. I grew up in Germany in a very and I say very religious home. We did all the right things. We made all the right moves. We were seen to go to church. I went to church every single day before school. I was altar boy for nine years. I went to confession. I did all the proper things to hopefully be good enough to earn my way to heaven. Um, And the problem with that is, what is good enough and what is not? so fast forward a few years i come over to america and uh, i'm a professional golfer i win the masters in april of 1985 and uh, having won that tournament one of the biggest being number one in the world uh, ranking i've had money i had fame i had cars i had a beautiful young wife which is married a year earlier i had everything going that the world can offer at this point yet i felt this amazing emptiness inside of me and i could not pinpoint what this could be i should have been thrilled and happy and over the moon uh, yet there was this void inside of me and i couldn't understand why so three days later a friend of mine uh, from the P.J. tour invited me to bible study i wasn't sure if i wanted to go but asked Vicky. we discussed it briefly and said, "Yeah, why not? Let's, you know, I believe in God, anyways, and uh, probably whatever they talk about, I know already. But let's just go and see what they do." And because I didn't have my own Bible, I've never been to Bible study, so we went. And uh, the message that evening uh, was about John three three, when Jesus was personally visited by Nicodemus, who was a religious leader a religious Jewish leader, and Nicodemus Nicodemus came at night because he probably didn't want to be seen uh, in public to visit Jesus. Well, Jesus told him in John 3.3, in the book of John, uh, that we have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. And two verses later in John 3.5, he says you have to be born again of the spirit to enter the kingdom of God, which is heaven. And I was sitting in the Bible study going, what is he talking about? What is Jesus trying to tell him? And the preacher went on, or our teacher chaplain said, you know, we're all born once in the flesh, but uh, we need to be born in the spirit, reborn. And I had never heard that. And and I'm 26 years old, went to church many, many times, had heard all sorts of sermons, but never heard of, of this born again spiritually. And he explained just that uh, we all were born in the sin nature, in flesh, and uh, we need to be born again spiritually. And what that meant is that at some point in your life, as an adult, not as a baby, baby dedication is wonderful, uh, but you gotta make this decision when you really understand what you're doing, uh, at whether you're 12 or 18 or whenever in your life. And I understood uh, at that point most of it, that I had to believe in Jesus being the son of uh, God, that God had a problem with our sin nature. Sin has no room in heaven. And so Jesus came to die on the cross, a horrible death, very painful, took upon himself all of our sins, uh, past, future and present. So we could have a relationship with God and have, a eternal, have eternal life. And at first, all of this was kind of brand new and I wasn't quite sure, is this a different teaching? What is this? So I got my own Bible and started reading, went to more Bible study, asked questions. And within a few months, it was very clear to me that I was missing out. I was looking for the truth. I wanted to know that whatever I believe in and spent time in studying, that it that it was the right thing and not the wrong thing. I didn't want to be misled. And uh, as I said, several months later, I uh, got on my knees, I prayed a prayer to accept Jesus Christ into my life. I realized that I could never be good enough to earn my way to heaven by myself, only through the grace and love of, of God and of Jesus could I have saving grace. And in Romans 10:9 it says, if you confess it with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart, you will be saved. Now if God says that, he doesn't lie. That's a promise, a guarantee. Uh, So you could have that right now. If you feel a tugging in your heart and you are not sure if you would die tonight or tomorrow where you would spend eternity, you can be sure by giving your life to Jesus Christ and saying an acceptance prayer, the Holy Spirit will reign in your heart and you will become a part of God's family, not just your own family. Now if you don't mind, I'm going to say a prayer. You could make these my words, your words. And if you mean them and feel that way in your own heart, please follow me in this prayer and accept Jesus and you will spend eternity in heaven and I will see you there. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I realize I'm a sinner and I need help. I give my life to you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior and my friend. Please come into my life and help me to live according to your will. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here
0: on Faith FM.
1: Did you hear that, Hunty? No, because I had you on mute. You muted me? I jumped in early. I know. Strike one. That's why I had you on mute. You know what? I don't want to muck around here because there is a gentleness to Bernard Langer's approach to life that, to me, says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, he's been married to his wife. You want to know what a difference Jesus makes? One wife since 1984. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is. Mm. And so you've got this mega-famous Mega successful golfer, one of the most successful golfers in the history of golf, and he follows Jesus, and you listen to him, and you listen to that testimony, and you can tell it's really powerful. Hey, Hunty, uh, what about RC Aussie Pastor? Is it too late? Now, the reason we keep coming back to this... Oh, what happened there?
2: What happened there, Hunty? My finger's just (laughs) gently resting... on the pad ready to cue the song <laughs> and i need to run back up to get the aussie pastor phone number no, no it's right there and that <laughs> is the price i pay <laughs> so let me give a shout out right now if you'd like to send a question it's not too late and we'd love to hear from you you can text us on 0488 880851 or you can email us and the email address is the aussie Pastor at gmail.com Now we can go to the song song. God's
1: Amazing grace Grace Still amazes me from the Lindsays This still is my number one song I hope you enjoy it like I do every time we play it
5: I've been uh-huh. sad. far I'd gone, God was still faithful when I came back home, my sins were forgiven, and grace to me was shown, now I stand here before you tonight, rejoicing everything's alright, cause in my heart I know that I am saved.
1: song in christian music than that one love it i've always i like that group i like that song it's come time for a bible study hunty when jesus comes there are two groups of people hunty yep those who are ready for him and those who are not it's pretty serious it is and one of the reasons that i speak so plainly to aussies on this one is because this day is going to come jesus will return and when jesus returns it's the end of our world as we know it And if you look out there, as I look out there, I'm seeing more and more signs that tell me that Mm. Jesus is going to come soon. Mm. And look, Again, to my fellow Aussies out there, if you've never done anything on this, go online, go to your Bible, read Matthew 24, read Luke 21. In both those chapters, you've got Jesus 2,000 years ago telling his disciples what it would be like at the end of the world. Compare what Jesus said it would be like at the end of the world, but what we face today. I'm telling you, Hunty, it's my belief, and I'm quite convicted on it. We are here. Yep, sure. We're facing yep. the very end of the world. You know, earlier this morning, I was reading in the paper about how... You ever see that movie The Day After Tomorrow? Um, you don't watch movies. No, no, sorry. It's a disaster climate control movie which talks about what would happen if the Atlantic current on the North, North American seaboard closed down and how it would just ruin everything. Uh, it would be the end of life as we know it on this planet. Yeah. Um, It'd be hot where it shouldn't be hot. It'd be cold where it shouldn't be cold. This, this world is very carefully designed by God. Mm. It's, it's on a knife edge. Yep. And with all the, the, the glacier melts, it threatens that North Atlantic current. And they're saying that it's going to stop somewhere between 2025, 2050. I don't know whether that's true, but when I look at that, I get alarmed because it's telling me, it's a huge sign that tells me, hey, as the world dies... These signs are telling me Jesus is going to come because Jesus will come and save the world before it dies. So there are two groups of people when he comes. When he comes and resurrects, he's going to do two things. He's going to resurrect people, hunty, Who love him. You got that? I do. He's going to do that. And the second thing he's going to do is he's going to change those who love him into perfection. So he resurrects people perfect and he changes people who are alive when he comes into perfection. Uh So that they can live for eternity. I like that hunting. I do too. I think it's really, really important. Yep. And that's why I've got no fear of death, because if I die, I know Jesus will come and resurrect me one day. That's right. i kind of got a fear of how I'll die. (laughs) Do you you have that, or is that just me?
2: Uh, I'm hoping I don't have to go through some horrible cancer pain.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like pain either, so yeah. I'm worried about the pain, if I, but I don't even worry about that too much. Yep. Let's face that when it comes, if it ever comes, because Jesus might come before I die. That's right. I hope that. Now, um, we were looking last week at the second coming of Jesus, how he comes. Everybody will see it. Yep. Not a good event if you don't know Jesus. Cataclysmic end of the world. But if you do know Jesus and you love him and you've chosen him as your saviour, fantastic event. What happens to those who love Jesus, who are either resurrected or are alive and changed into perfection, into eternity? What happens to them? John fourteen one to 3 Read that, hunty, so we can just sure. remind sure. ourselves.
2: All right. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So
1: Jesus is in heaven. Yep. He's preparing mansions for us. Yep. He's coming back to get us. Yep. When he gets us, he takes us to where he is, which is where? Back to
2: heaven. We go back to heaven. Beautiful.
1: That's right. Can't wait for that. Hunty. Yes. Every time we do this on radio, it makes me feel sad.
2: yo I know where you're going.
1: What happens to those who never make a decision for Jesus. Yeah. I actually understand why this makes some people angry. For sure. But I'll explain a little more. But it's very challenging. Read it in a quiet voice, Hunty. Because it's very solemn. uh,
2: Jeremiah Jeremiah, chapter 25, verse 33. Sure. In that day, those the Lord has slaughtered will fill the earth from one end to the other. No one will mourn for them or gather up their bodies to bury them. They will be scattered on the ground like manure. Weep and moan, you evil shepherds. Roll in the dust. No, let's stop.
1: That's enough. Okay. When Jesus returns, those who don't know him, the Bible tells us this, look up into the sky and the brightness of his coming, they're slain. Yep. It's fairly instantaneous. Yep. But they can't stand the brightness of... His return, they're not changed and they're slain. And so on the earth, as those who love the Lord return into heaven, to the heavens, all you've got is people who are dead. And people say, "Well, that's not fair. That's not right. What's God doing? I thought He was a God of love." Mm. You know, it's a pretty bad world out there at the moment. I'm a pastor. I I see people go through the worst of times yeah murders rapes yeah crime poverty um bullying suicide death sickness It's, it's all out there and people are suffering and i think jesus looks down and says it can't go on he's got to come back he's got to save the planet and that's why he's so desperately got his hands out now and saying, follow me, let me be your saviour. Let me pay the price for your sins. I want you to live. The Bible says God is not willing that anyone should perish. But if you never make that call, then you're on the Titanic, are Yeah. And you're going to go down with the Titanic. Yeah. And that's what's happening here. Because sin, pain, death, the horror of living in this world, it's all got to come to an end. It's all got to come to an end, and this is the end, the second coming. So we go back to heaven. What happens to Satan though? Because he is still alive, honey. Revelation 20 verse 1 through to 3.
2: Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterwards, he must be released for a little while.
1: So Satan is bound for a thousand years. Actually, what happens is he's bound on this earth. Yep. There is no sun. There is no moon. There are no stars. Total darkness. And for a thousand years, Satan, with his angels, is forced to contemplate the wreckage, the ruin of their rule. That would be very sobering, wouldn't it? it would. And I kind of like that part of it, that he is put in a corner in the universe and left there for a thousand years to think about what he did and the horror that he brought upon the human race. What happens at the end of a thousand years? Well, go to Revelation chapter twenty. I think it's verse seven. Twenty two. Oh, verse one to th- yeah. Is it no? Twenty-one, verse one to three, Revelation twenty-one, verse one to three. You mm. want to read that? No, for
2: you me? Can read it. I, oh yeah, no, I have got it. <laughs> What's happening over oh, there no, today, right? bro? <laughs> <laughs> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband.
1: Mm. What happens here is the New Jerusalem, which is the capital of heaven, comes down out of heaven with us in it. Can you imagine this, mate? Wow. How is it going to travel through the universe? I don't know.
2: Especially knowing what size
1: it is. Well, we're going to look at that in the next Bible study today. Cool. So it comes, but just so you know, Sydney to Brisbane or Melbourne. No. Long. No, no. Brisbane to almost Melbourne long, wide and high. Yeah. That's That's how big it Well, is. We'll look at that in a minute. So it comes down. This is a Star Wars thing, man. It's incredible. It comes down out of heaven to the Mount of Olives, which splits in two. This is amazing. We're in it hunting. Yep. What then happens? Read Revelation 20, verse 7, mate. 20, verse
2: 7. Uh, when the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. Mm. He will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog. In every corner of the earth, he will gather them together for battle. A mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore.
1: Yeah. Satan has an army. Mm. Who is that army? Mag and and Magog. Magog. Gog and Magog, sorry. Who's that? Who is it? There's a resurrection of the wicked. Okay. Everybody who's ever lived is alive. You're either in the city with God, or you're outside with the devil. And he's learnt nothing. And he looks at the beautiful city and he says we can take it. Now the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot here about how this happens. How long they have to prepare for battle. But look what happens. Revelation 20 verse 9. Remember, as you listen to this you can disbelieve it. You can say it's not true. But you're either in the city or out. It will happen. This is a date with destiny you do
2: have. Read it mate. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur.
1: This is the end of sin forever.
2: Yep. Satan and his angels wiped out all the wicked
1: gone. People say, well, well, well why? Why does God do this? I, I've thought about this for a long time, Hunty. I reckon this is... So everyone gets a chance to see God who is yep, God. that makes good sense. They can see the battle for yep. themselves. They can yep. see the forces of darkness and the forces of light. It becomes a reality because I know there's a lot of people listening to me who probably don't believe what I'm sharing today. Yep. They think it's, oh, this can't be true. Mm. But it is true and it is real and it is going to happen. And this battle that, between darkness and light, it's going on right now. Now, look at this as we bring this section of the study to an end, Hunter. I want you to read just 11 through to 15. I want you to read it straight through, because this is kind of summarizing what we've just looked at over the
2: last few minutes. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. Who do you think that is? Mm,
1: Jesus. Yeah, keep going.
2: The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave grave and the sorry <laughs> and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire.
1: Two groups of people here, Hunty. Yep. Some raised to eternity, and some raised to eternal death. Notice it's not an eternal hell, it's just an eternal death. Extinction. Yeah, it, Finished.
2: Yeah. Final separation from God.
1: You have a choice. Either you make a decision for God and live, or you go the other way and die. I know where I want to go, Hunty. How about you, mate?
0: Absolutely. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Uh, This
1: song, He Still Speaks, is a new one, Hunty. Talking about a God who is real, who is alive, and is calling us today. Yep.
5: The hustling,
0: clamoring world sometimes it's hard to hear the voice of God speaking to my soul. But in my quiet time alone, when I approach His holy throne, His tender words fall gently on my ear. He I know
3: his voice sweet. sounds
0: say we've heard from God. Yet the still small voice of God is heard above the doubters of this world. His timeless words
6: ring out with hope today.
1: Enjoy listening to those guys. Beautiful. Ponder, Sykes, and Wright. Again, out of the United States of America. This man, Greg Hershberger, is a Jew. Yep. Was a secular Jew. And he found Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ found him. Got to tell you that the story of how he found Jesus, or how Jesus found him, one of the most amazing, I believe it, because I think that often, not often, always, when you come to Jesus, the supernatural is involved. So what do you think of this story and this testimony? I thought it was very powerful.
7: It's very strange, but the mount was calling my name. I felt as if somebody had a rod, and they casted it off the top of that mount, and the hook went into my chest. And I get up to the mountain, and I got out of the, the car, and I ran to this covering and there was a plaque and it said the Basilica to the Transfiguration and I heard a voice and the voice had come away and pray with me but I didn't know how to pray so I emptied myself and closed my eyes and I saw a vision and I saw the eastern sky open up and I saw somebody come out of that eastern sky that it came down and descended and his face shone like the sun and his clothes was white as light. Shalom, my name is Greg Hirschberg. I live in Georgia currently, born and raised in New York City. Uh, 64 years old. When I was a little boy I was raised in a very Jewish family. I was raised Orthodox. Walked to my synagogue every Shabbat and went to Hebrew school two days a week. It was uh, pretty austere. My uh, mom sat behind the curtain. My dad wasn't too into it, as I could tell, but he loved my mom. And my mom was orthodox, so he went along with it. I knew I was a Jew, and there's something special about being a Jew. Um, a Jew isn't just a religion, it's a nationality. When I'd be hanging around friends and somebody say, I'm Puerto Rican, or I'm Italian, I'd always say I'm Jewish. But then I got to a point there was so much anti-Semitism in the Bronx that I didn't want to be Jewish anymore. I'm not so sure I was ever tied into Judaism to be honest with you. So I got pulled into some Eastern cults. I got very involved in martial arts. Martial arts sometimes is just not a sport, it's a religion. And I had somewhat of a cult leader and he started to teaching us about the Kundalini energy and sun postures and meditations. And I was kind of into it, but it was a little confusing. Well, lo and behold, I married this swimsuit model. And um, we were thinking about where to go on our vacation, our honeymoon. And um, this cult leader, if you will, and I don't know what else to call him because it was a cult. Um, he said, you need to go to Israel. And he was so influential in my life, such a powerful influence that I thought, Israel. I'm thinking Jamaica. I'm thinking on the beach, to be honest with you. I'm thinking about partying and getting high and just laying out. I'm not thinking Israel. I had no desire to go to Israel, but there was such a pull on my life. This is hard for you to believe, but the next day I was on the train going to work, on to Manhattan. And I sat next to somebody who I never saw before, and they said, have you ever thought about going to Israel? So I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm no bowling ball either. So I decided maybe I should go to Israel. But I was so convinced that I was going to have a lousy time in Israel that I put a week of the Greek Isles on the back end of the trip. We go to Israel, my wife and I, at the time, right, get married, go to Israel, leave New York City on an LL flight, get into Ben Gurion Airport, and we immediately take a flight to Elot. I was scuba diving in the Red Sea. We were water skiing on top of the Red Sea. Uh, We were going out to restaurants, partying, dancing, having a great time. Then we came to Jerusalem about five days later. There's an Armenian corner and a Christian corner and a Muslim corner. And and it was shocking to me. And I didn't really enjoy it, but we went out to some great restaurants. We just saw some sights on our own. We're having a pretty good time, but I'm thinking, i got to get to Greece. Well, we had one day left. One day left to trip. And I said to my wife, let's get a car and let's go up north. And so she said, why? I said, I don't know. I don't know. She goes, where do you want to go? I said, you know, I remember hearing something about a place called Tabor, a mount, where something pretty special happened. Let's just go there. So we drove up, and we didn't know where we were going. So they were hitchhikers. It was 1989. So a guy was hitchhiking, and so I took him where he was hitchhiking, and I look over to the left, and I see this mount. And it's very strange, but the mount was calling my name. I felt as if somebody had a rod, and they casted it off the top of that mount, and the hook went into my chest. And as I'm driving up, I got a little exasperated. So in reality, we're looking for this transfiguration mount, because Something happened there right and I get up to the mountain and I got out of the the car And I ran to this covering and there was a plaque and it said the Basilica to the Transfiguration And I heard a voice and the voice said, come away and pray with me But I didn't know how to pray So I emptied myself and closed my eyes and I saw a vision And I know that sounds weird, but people all over the Bible saw visions. And I went to a trance-like state, and I know that sounds new age, but Balaam went into a trance-like state in the Bible, and others have. And I saw the eastern sky open up, and I saw somebody come out of that eastern sky. And it came down and descended, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes was white as light. And he pressed himself up against me. And the first thing he said is, I remember crying for a really long time. My wife says maybe it was about 20 minutes. And I looked back and it wasn't tears of joy and it wasn't tears of pain. It was like a sanctification. It was like a cleansing. Like all the crap, all the Eastern thought, all the nonsense, all the religion just came out of me. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that God can enter your heart and, and live in your tabernacle. So I thought God was on the mountain. And I remember talking to God and saying, I'm so sorry that I have to leave. I don't want to leave. But I hope one day I can come back here. Two kids from the Bronx, punk kids from the Bronx, go to Israel on their honeymoon to party. And we come back, born again, saved, knowing Yeshua as our Messiah. And I got to tell you, I was shocked because I was taught as a young man that Jesus had nothing to do with us. I thought he was the head of the Catholic Church, and Moses, if you will, is the head of the Jewish synagogue. But then I turned over this New Testament expecting to see something really Christian, something hardcore Gentile, and said, this is the genealogy of, of Yeshua the Messiah, the son of Abraham. I'm like, what? I'm in shock. The son of David. I'm in shock. I'm reading this genealogy, and it's purely a Jewish genealogy. I get into other parts of the Gospel and I see his circumcised on the eighth day like me. His mother goes through purification rites, Tohar, like my mom. He has opinion, have been, and dedicated, like I was. Man, I can't believe it. So to this day, when they say to me, you know, Rabbi Greg, Jesus was Jewish, I'm like, what's with the past tense? It doesn't matter, but that's a fact. And the crazy thing is, I was secular, right? How did Jesus, the head of the church, bring me back to my Judaism? So if you believe in Yeshua, you don't become less Jewish, you kind of become more Jewish. Jesus never gave up being Jewish. He's born a Jew. He was raised a Jew. He was Torah observant. He died a Jew. He was buried a Jew. He rose a Jew. He ascended a Jew. And he's coming back as a Jew. I never look back. I'm so thankful for what God has done for me. I feel so free. I feel so alive more than I've ever felt. And you get to a place, man, when you meet Yeshua, where he becomes enough. And I'm here to tell you, if God isn't enough, nothing will be enough. You'll search and search and search the world over. You'll go from one high to the next. You'll go from one thing to the next. But when you meet him, all bets are off. It's done. The search is over. Beautiful, powerful
1: testimony. Yeah, very. I'd like to get some of these guys sometimes hunting and do live interviews with them. Are they easy to get? Have you ever tried to get guys yeah, like
2: Yeah, we, we probably could get those guys if we persisted.
1: Because that's a beautiful story. And we've been up on top of that mountain where he had that experience too. Uh, I, I never had any experiences like that going around Israel, to be honest. I would have liked it. But I just felt, in fact, I was annoying you, wasn't I, Hunty, when we went around Israel? Yeah, because
2: I was, I was experiencing great closeness to the Bible and to Jesus, especially in, in some of the hot places like Jesus' tomb or on that mountain where Jesus was tempted to turn the stones into bread.
1: Yeah, except we don't know that that's where it really happened.
2: Yeah, for me it was a spiritual moment. It didn't matter that he was six foot to the left or six foot to the mm-hmm. right, but that was the mountain where Satan said, if you're hungry, turn the stones into bread. And Jesus oh, said, "No." I think you're getting a bit
1: confused. We never went up on that mountain.
2: You know, we filmed a piece there. That was out in the desert. Yeah, out in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the um, was, that was that the a, place. Was that a mountain? According to our guide, yeah. A mountain. We were up in mountain when we shot that. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to you about that one later. I'll show you the video. <laughs> yeah, I know there was a bit
1: of there was a bit of a cutting down to the river.
2: Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's what our guide told us. Well, oh, I liked it,
1: <laughs> and I ruined it because I kept saying on camera. Yeah, well, it probably this, wasn't here this, really. This is where they said it was, but who, yeah? But then
2: uh, we went to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb right there on on the Mount of Olives. I'm sorry, um, Jerusalem, right on top of Gethsemane. Gethsemane, that was, yeah. And we went well, into was, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb.
1: That, it was actually. It was, it was where Jesus, on Calvary. Calvary was on Calvary, But we that's don't know right, yeah. that that was Calvary. In fact, you and I both saw at least three sites while we were there. Yep. On what they claimed. Yep,
2: three sites that could have been the same place.
1: Look, the one place I felt very, very close to God was when I was on the Temple Mount, where the Jewish Temple yes, used to be. Yes, yes. Um, that was a place where we got into trouble, too. Hey, I'm taking too long here, aren't I? Okay. Um, <laughs> this song, El I," one of your favourites, hunty? Oh, one
2: of my favorites one of my favourites, one of my favourite singers. Both of my favourite singers, actually. You want to introduce it, then? Oh, I'd love to. So, uh, Amy Grant and Sandy Patty. they're both some of my most favourite singers of all time in Christianity, and this song's entitled El Shaddai.
6: El Shaddai. El Shaddai, El El Adonai Age to age, you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Eir Kong Kong Adonai I'll praise and lift you high El Shaddai Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham. And through the power of your hand, you turned the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees, you were the God who really sees. And by. You set your children free. Through the years, it made it clear that the time of Christ was near. Though the people couldn't see what Messiah ought to be. awesome work was done through the frailty of yourself El Shaddai El Shaddai El Adonai Age to age you're still the same by the power of the name El Shaddai El Shaddai, here come to tonight. We will praise you till we die, El Shaddai. I will praise you till I die, El Shaddai. We'll praise and lift you high.
0: I? Nice,
1: auntie. Yeah, I see why you enjoy this <laughs> singing. Yes. While I, while that was happening, you were telling me that both Amy Grant and um, Sandy Patty had a major impact on keeping you close to Jesus through your youth.
2: Ah, oh, yes. Keith Green, Sandy Paddy, Amy Graham, Mark W. Smith, they kept me fed and nourished when I was young.
1: Yeah, good. Mm. Music's been. I know music's important to you.
2: It is very it's important. It's important to me, to me mm. too. Mm. Don't worry.
1: Hey, Elon Musk. Um, this is just a tiny little segment I'm going to start to bring in of people that we know talking about Jesus. I was fascinated when I heard what Elon Musk had to say about Jesus. See what you think. Yep.
8: I agree with the principles that Jesus advocated. Um, and th- that the you know there's some some there's great wisdom in what in in the teach- teachings of, of jesus uh and i agree with those teachings um and things like turn the other cheek are are very important because as opposed to an eye for an eye um, an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind so forgiveness you know, is important, and um, treating people as you would wish to be treated. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Very important.
7: So it's like a 60-70% yes.
8: <laughs> as Einstein would say, I believe in the God of Spinoza. Um, so, um, but hey, if... Um, you know, if 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 Jesus is is uh, saving people, I mean, I, I I wouldn't stand in his way. You know, like I'll be sure, I'll be saved. Why not? Sweet, we did it. Yeah. I think he just
2: said yes. We got him. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we got him. We
1: got him. Amazing, <laughs> honey Interesting. You know, when I'm listening to him, mm-hmm. I sense, and I know we're supposed to do a um sting here, but I really want to say this, mate. Sorry.
2: We'll do the sting in a second. Is that no, all right? the sting's after the Bible study? It is now. <laughs>
1: No, we'll do a sting okay. up. Let's all do a sting right. up. Let's finishes, do But not, not, quite, not yet. Okay. I sensed in him yep. a desire for something more than all the fame and the money and the riches that he has
2: and the billions that he has. Did yeah. you did
1: you sense that in I him did, as he I was did. talking that? I did. Uh, now you can't. But you're listening. You can't. You cannot see what we saw. The expressions on his face. Yeah. The pensiveness.
2: You'd have to. You'd have to assume that he's looking.
1: He's definitely looking. And who knows when we get to heaven, who we're we going to see? It's going to be amazing.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Sorry about that, Hunty. That's good. I I I like it. But I
1: just felt moved as I was listening to this guy uh, as he's talking about Jesus Christ. Hey, let's have a quick look at heaven, eh? Yes. What's it going to be like when we get there? I can't wait. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, 21. First point I've got to make, and this is a very important one. Let's look at this scripture,
2: man. Sure. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and Mm. we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our saviour. We are what? eagerly waiting for him to return as our saviour
1: because we are citizens of yep. heaven
2: already that's it. that's it i know that one down here i'm yes. a citizen of heaven that's where i belong and it's where i'm going so 21 yep he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His ah, own. we talked about that didn't we mm. using the same power with which we will Bring everything under his control. With
1: which he will bring everything under his control. Yeah, fantastic. We are citizens of heaven. Jesus is coming back for us. He will change us. We will be saved. Okay, that's the first point. Let's look at heaven. Now, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about heaven but it does and we don't have time to say what it does say today to look at what it does say today but let's have a look at a little bit of it revelation chapter 21 and i want to go back to a scripture we looked at earlier today yep. verse 1 yep. to 3 Empty. then i saw
2: a new heaven and new earth that stop there so we're going we're looking at new heavens and, and new, new earth, earth. Yep. for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared yeah and the sea was also gone why do you reckon he says that Uh, To just paint a picture of desolation here on earth, I guess.
1: No, 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 no. He sees a new heaven and a new earth, so this is good. I was thinking, well, the seas are gone. For the old heaven and the old earth have disappeared, and the sea is gone. Mm. Where was he? Patmos. Uh What was separating him from his people? The sea. Right. He was on the island. The sea. The sea is gone. All separation is gone. That makes good sense. Verse 2.
2: And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. So this is the capital city of the universe. Wow. It's going to come to earth eventually
1: and God will make his home on earth. His palace will be on earth, his city will be on earth, his rule of the entire universe of the multiverse will come from earth and we his children will be part of the royal family of the uh, Of God awesome. I think that's amazing awesome, yeah. The whole centre of the universe will become earth Now I want to have a little look at this city Tell me what you think about this, hunty yep. uh, Revelation 21 verse 10
2: So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain Now this is John, I'll interrupt you as we go yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah.
1: that alright? And he showed me the holy yeah, so city just, just hold a second This is John and he's in a vision Yep. And God's shown him the holy city Go on Yep.
2: Alright, so he took me in spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Notice it's called Jerusalem. Mm. The it, Bible calls it the New Jerusalem. Go on. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal.
1: Imagine as Hunt is reading this mm. This city. Mm-hmm.
2: The city was broad and no, no, high. No, let's go back to verse oh, 12. You missed something 12. there. Now, uh, like Jasper is clear as crystal. You no, know, next one. The city. The city wall yes. was broad and high. Yeah. With 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side east, north, south, and west. You're getting the feel of this city? Mm. Surrounded
1: by a huge wall, three great gates in each side. Mm. Uh, it sparkled like precious stone, like jasper, as clear as. You get a sense, maybe you can see through this wall, Hunty. Wow. It's clear. Wow. Yeah, incredible.
2: Indeed. Uh, okay, keep going. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. These are the disciples. Right.
1: And uh, you wonder why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because the 12 disciples were the ones who took the gospel to the world. Right. And the foundation. Of this city, of everybody in it, is the gospel, that Jesus saves and Jesus alone. All you've got to do to be in this city is say, Jesus, be my saviour, come into my heart, take my sins, you are saved. That's the gospel. Mm. Now, look, the Lord mm, mm. will send the Holy Spirit into you and great changes will happen, but those great changes don't save you. You're saved by the gospel. And it is those 12 disciples who took, apostles, who took the story of the gospel to the world.
2: Mm.
1: And so they have this great honour.
2: Yep. Mm. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. This story is pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. When he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Okay, stop there now. I don't know miles. Yeah, okay, yeah. give me 2,000 k's. Is that Sydney, Melbourne? No, that's 800. And that's not as the crow flies, is about 600. It's Sydney, Melbourne, only
1: 600. So are we talking, what, Rockhampton? We're talking like Melbourne, Brisbane, 2,000 Ks. Is that 2,000 k? I right? reckon. Yep, as the crow flies. Okay, so this is mm. this is Melbourne, Brisbane long, Melbourne, Brisbane white, yep. and this is where it goes out of mm. our brain. Out of our brain. Melbourne, Brisbane high. Oh, I, yeah, wow. Don't get it? Yep. There's obviously paradigms up there and
2: dimensions We we're, well, this is going to be an amazing city go on hang on <laughs> here <laughs> we go then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick that's about 200 metres thick and they're jasper, clear as jasper so you can see through them wow according to the human standard used by the angel yep. mm, the walls made of jasper and the city was pure as gold and clear as glass the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, and the ninth tobaz. The tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh Jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. I reckon you did pretty good. Uh
1: The the, the, the whole thing is, when you're looking at this city, it's spectacular. It's huge, it's big,
2: and it's spectacular. And it looks a a billion dollars, yeah. Yeah, go Mm. on. The twelve gates are made of pearls. Each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass.
1: I want to go. I'm ready to go, hunty. Break off a bit
2: of, break off a bit of road.
1: What <laughs> amazes me is in that city, because Jesus said in John fourteen one to three, "I go and prepare a mansion for you." Right. In that city, hunty, is
2: yep. our house.
1: Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, as I cough. Sorry, you've got the mute button today. This is <laughs> our house. Yep. In this man, in our mansion in this city where we will live. I reckon that is awesome. This is... Is is, is your house already built, Hunty? Yep. We we don't know, do we? Well, we assume it's waiting for us. But but it could be being built still. We're not sure. He said if I go back... He said... I go and prepare a, house, mm-hmm. a mansion for you. Yep. He says, if I prepare a mansion for you, I'll come back. That's right. But between now and him coming back, he's building those mansions. That's true. Yeah, so that's is true. your house built? Is my? I don't know. Could possibly, be work in progress. Yeah. But it could be, like you said, that's it. It could be sitting there on that golden street, yep. just waiting for you and me to turn up. Mm-hmm. No mortgage, no stress, no mm-hmm. Hassle. mm-hmm. And this is the most amazing city. And this is just a city. This is not just. This is not all a heaven. And it's not God's entire universe. We haven't even gone there. This is just the city that God's building. Yep. Or has already built, actually. I want to give just our our listeners just a little bit of a sense of what heaven will be like in the last few minutes we've got, Hunty. Revelation 21, verse 3 Mm -hmm. and verse 4. And by the way, if you want to find this whole story from beginning then, read Revelation 19, 20, 21 and 22. Go on,
2: Hunty. Okay, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look. God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever.
1: No death, no sorrow, yeah. no, no, crying, no crying, no pain, pain. and no tears. Mm, gone forever. It's a good place. Nice. So not only is it a beautiful place to live, all these things that hurt us so bad here are gone. That's so why I want to be there. Mm. One last series of scriptures and we'll finish, Hunty. Yep. Running out of time, which we weren't. Isaiah chapter 11. Can you go over there, mate? Yep, yep. Just yep. read verse 6 through to 9, written 800 years before Jesus even came to the earth. This is about 2,800 years ago. This prophet has a vision and God takes him to heaven. This is some of what he saw.
2: Okay. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together, the leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and the little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear, the cub and the calf will lie down together, the lion will eat hay like a cow, the baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. I love that. I do. Kind of giving
1: you a sense of the enmity between animals and humans will not be there yeah, in heaven. Be gone. The enmity between animals and animals will not be there in heaven. Mm. This is how the world was originally meant to be. Yep. And it's where we're headed if we're prepared to put if we're prepared to give our sins to Jesus. But Lord, here I am. Take my sins to the cross. Be my saviour. I choose you. You do that, when Jesus comes, this place we've been describing today, it'll be ready for you.
2: Well, that's very unfortunate. We'll <laughs> hit it again.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I didn't know whether to
1: talk hunting you what Live radio, it's incredible. Gotta love it. Uh, Does Jesus Care? This is by the Evans family. This is a group I've just come across recently. Because on this earth, while we're waiting for heaven, it's in our minds. We're dreaming of it. Life is tough, and we do have tears and pain and crying and death. And while we're here... I put this song at the end of this little Bible study because I want you to know that Jesus does, he truly does care. does mm. care mm. he cares a whole lot for you okay
2: honey my favorite segment it's now <laughs> time for ask the aussie pastor
1: yeah hey by the way yeah could, could people still send in questions
2: uh not for today but could, if you do send in a question we'd love to have them because we will put them on next week so
1: can we give them a shout out where to go oh four
2: yeah love to have a shout out for yeah that. yeah go for it all right okay <sighs> Okay, so you can send your questions to us by SMS on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can email us theaussiepastor at gmail dot com. Good right. stuff. Here we go. Here we go. First question. Oh, this is not a good question. Sorry about this. Uh, my child is cutting themselves. What can I do?
1: That's a very good question, actually.
2: Mm, I know a bit about this.
1: Um, you know, in thirty three years of ministry. I haven't had a lot to do no. with this, although I've had a few. Hmm. This is what I've learned. Some questions are for pastors, Hunty. Yep. Some aren't. Yeah. If you've got a child that's doing that, find a good Christian counselor yes. fast. Yes. Take it seriously. Um, I can't imagine doing that myself. And I don't remember anyone in my generation doing that sort of stuff, Hunty,
2: do you? No, not in my time, but I but I do know I do know a family that's got that problem right now.
1: Yeah. And and it's a cry for help. Mm. But it's also um, something that you need to take very seriously and get a good go looking for a Christian counsellor. Yep. You know, I wish I could tell you more about where to find them even, Hunty, but I'm yep. not good on that. Yep. I don't know. It's something to pray about. If you've got a pastor, talk to your pastor. If you're not sure there, look online and ask the Lord God to guide you, but get help and get it fast and get it very quickly because if they're cutting themselves, uh, I think that sort of thing is a threat to their lives.
2: It is. Would your local doctor be able to give you a referral or someone, do you think?
1: I mean, it's a, it's a place you could start, and if you don't know where to start, you get a lifeline. Um, have you got those numbers, Hunty? Yes. Somewhere? Yes. Um, yes. And you could ask them where to go, but I I can only say, and I wish I could. Look, I'm a pastor, Hunty. Some things I I just not don't have the expertise to talk about, and might be might be dangerous for me to talk about it. So that's why I'm saying get help and get help fast. Uh, Local doctor, go to your pastor. He 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 certainly wouldn't try to counsel you as much on that, but he'd help you find somewhere. If you don't have a local pastor, uh, go to Lifeline. Um, Their
2: number, Hunty. One three one 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 four. 13,
1: 11, 14 No doubt we'll point you in the right direction but I I guess I'm stressing Christian counsellor because I think they bring a different perspective to it. Mm. Yeah, sorry Hunty I couldn't answer that one. It's it's a a tough question It is a tough question and it's it's an important one get help, get help, get help Have don't
2: hesitate. Here's a question I know you can answer. There is a sin I just cannot seem to get rid of any advice. What would you say to that? Ah Well, I've I've had to deal with a few of those myself. And personally, (laughs) I I, I
1: don't reckon there's a person alive that has not had some sin that they can't get rid of and deal with. Something that, you know, everyone has these sins. Yeah. So
2: what do you say? Well, I've uh, I've had to fall in the hole, and the Lord's had to pluck me out of the hole. I've actually not been able to save myself. My only salvation is through my relationship with God through prayer. Prayer in the Bible. That's my only. So when you're advice. praying and you're in the Bible, does that
1: give you power to overcome sin?
2: I believe that my praying to God has has asked Him to help me, and I believe from my praying, He has given me strength and helped me to conquer my problem.
1: Have you ever been praying and failed?
2: Yeah, I fail all the time. But have you ever been
1: praying on a particular sin and failed on it?
2: Yeah, because I'm a loser.
1: <laughs> you're not a loser. You're a lot of things. You're not a loser. Look, I think you're on the money. Spend time with Jesus and if you're struggling spend more time with jesus people say to me how much time should i spend with jesus i think a minimum one hour in the morning and one hour at night seems like a lot Mm. but we're facing a lot and when you're spending time with jesus just by spending time with jesus in your bible study and in your prayer go to church find a good church go to church Look, for a Bible study group, you can join. I think when you're doing that, you're in the presence of Jesus, and, and you don't even realize that you're getting strength and power to overcome these things, and it's quite supernatural, honey, So I think you're on the money. Spend mm. the, 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 the fiercer the sin, the hotter the sin, the more time you should spend Correct. with Jesus.
2: Totally. Yep. Mm. Alrighty. Uh, Pastor Lloyd, what do you think of all these weather catastrophes sweeping the world?
1: Um, I think they're very serious. I am i don't like using the word climate change denier, mm-hmm. but I'm not that. I no. think there's something going on with the climate. I think it's very serious. I don't think it's a hoax. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I don't think it's out there for any other reason than the actually the world is dying.
2: There are some prophecies, aren't there, in the Bible? With- yeah which makes it clear what's going to happen to the weather? Uh, The the fact that the
1: world is going through this to me is evidence that it's coming to an end. It's dying. It's going to perish. But Jesus says he will come before the world ends. He also says, I'll come and destroy those who would destroy the earth. So you kind of get the sense there that man is involved in the death of the earth. I think our abuse of her, the abuse of the seas, the abuse of our air, the cutting down of the rainforest, these are all pretty serious things. And so, yeah. not for one second, not for one second, I accept the idea that climate change is not real, that it's not happening and the huge, huge catastrophes, natural catastrophes and disasters are sweeping the planet. You've just got to go to Europe now, which is boiling, hunty. Mm, mm. and it's not going to stop boiling yep. for another couple of weeks. Right. Forest fires, mm. uh, roads. I've never been to roads. Have you been to roads? No, I have. belongs to Greece, doesn't it? Yeah, yep, all close. Pretty much had to take every single person off that island yes. because of the fires. Yes. Uh, this is unheard of, at least in our time. And so when you look at the fires, when you look at the heat, when you look at the unseasonal cold that impacted Europe and the United States last year, where you've got these extremes of temperature, something's going wrong, the world is breaking down. I think these are signs of the times that tell us the world is perishing and Jesus will be soon here. So, yep, I take them very, honestly,
2: Hunty, I take them very, very seriously. that, That prophecy that does talk about the signs of the times, does that specifically... Which one? The one that talks about earthquakes increasing. Yeah, Matthew 24 and Luke 21. Right. Yeah, it does. Mm. I mean,
1: we've said already in this program, go and read Matthew 24, read Luke 21, and you will see for yourself what Jesus said it'll be like at the end of time. And pretty much a lot of that is happening right now. By the way, and I know this is going away from the climate and this question hunting, but this is why I've always believed that COVID-19 is real. and I've never, ever, ever taken the view that it's not. I've never taken the view that it's a conspiracy. I've never believed in a pandemic. You know why? Because Jesus in Matthew 24 says at the end of time there'll be pestilences. When you you define that word, there will be viruses. There will be pandemics. Jesus said they're going to come. They're going to inflict mankind. He says they're actually going to get worse, more intense, and more frequent. Don't like that, do we? But it's going to happen. Same with the natural world. These things Jesus said are going to happen. So I don't buy these conspiracy theories. I believe it's actually happening. It's real. The world is coming to an end Mm. and that's why we need jesus so desperately i mean get
2: jesus in your life right now do it yep just do it all right uh last question do you think smoking drinking and gambling will stop you going to heaven no and there'll be a lot of people dying of (laughs) shock out there when i said no 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 the thing that
1: stops you going to heaven is if you don't have a relationship with jesus christ yep i could almost put a full stop after that yeah a pregnant pause on radio. You're allowed to do that? You're allowed to have silence on radio?
2: I create a few regularly here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm
2: i going to say it again. That smoke. What is smoking, drinking, gambling? Uh, it says here, um, do you think smoking, drinking and gambling will stop you going to heaven? No, no, no. With a full stop after that, let's have a pregnant pause. Mm. They don't. No.
1: The only thing that stops you going to heaven is having a relationship with Jesus. Now, when you have a relationship with Jesus, he sends the Holy Spirit. A whole lot of things happen to you once the Holy Spirit comes Hunty, and he cleans you up. It's a beautiful thing. And he will take smoking and drinking and gambling and all that stuff out of your life. No doubt about that. But as he takes it out, that's not what's getting you to heaven. No. That's just the evidence that the Holy Spirit is there and that you're on your way to heaven.
2: Does that make sense? So the Christians like to throw that Bible text around that your body's the temple well it's a, oh, great,
1: it's, it's a great Bible
2: text sure your
1: body is a temple of God treat it with respect yep. honour it but as you come to Jesus you know the, I, I could come to Jesus today I could be a smoker a drinker and a gambler I could say dear Lord Jesus here I am I give you my heart I give you my life take my sins come inside of me and be my saviour I tell you what I'm saved from that point I'm still struggling with smoking drinking and gambling but the Holy Spirit will come he'll take that out in God's time in God's way mm. and in God's place mm. God will do that to you but that's not what gets you to heaven? You get to heaven because Jesus takes your sins to the cross and you accept that. Do you get that, Hunty? I do. That's why and, and why are people not going to heaven? Well, don't look at all their actions and all their good or their bad works. That's not what's keeping them out of heaven. What's keeping them out of heaven is they never chose, uh, and even Christianity is struggling with this, they never chose Jesus as their saviour. So as we finish this section, you know what I'm telling people? Yep. Choose Jesus as your saviour. Yes. Then nothing will keep you out of heaven.
2: I wanted to add just one last thing. You know how I said before that I was a loser? Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm a saved loser. You're listening to
0: The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: You're not a loser. Mm-hmm. I, I, I reject that. I actually know Hunty pretty well. He's, he's a lot of things he's no loser. He's a winner in Christ, has been for a long time. He's just a humble man. <laughs> True, Hunty. Oh, what a savior. Signature sound. What a great song to great finish. Song, yes. After what,
2: that last question, beautiful. Yes, indeed.
0: Oh, what a savior he is. straight
6: See?
1: saviour is jesus christ and i hope today in this program you've been able to get a little glimpse of how wonderful he is we've been looked at some serious stuff but we've looked at some beautiful stuff too and we've praising god he's he's a wonderful saviour is jesus hey look you may not realize this but we have a whole big ministry out there the aussie pass every day we put out a program called Hunting. three minutes with god yep and it actually is three minutes with God. Correct. And if you're struggling and battling to get going with God, it's a great program to go and check on either past Pastor Facebook or YouTube page. Yep. We also do a Friday Night Live program. We also do a whole heap of um, special programs. We do. We get outside. In fact, uh, Hunty and I right now are in the middle of... A Planning our productions. Well, more than that. Yes. We're, we're out on the road, mate. That's it. We're out on the road. You might not believe it as you listen to us today, but we're out on the road. We're doing outdoor programs left, right, and centre for the next two to three weeks. So we're working hard. We're camping. Uh, I'm camping.
2: Oh, I'm sleeping in my
1: luxurious Jeep. You had to fight hard to get that, didn't you?
2: <laughs> you was touch and go for a bit there. But if you'd
1: like to keep up, especially with the big programs as they come out, we do have a, um,
2: what would you call it, a, a list, Hunty? There's a portal. There's a place you can go where you can sign up to be notified of all of our future programs. Big
1: programs. Not big programs. not every single yeah, one. Not, not the, the basics. The big programs. Mm-hmm. We send you out a text
2: message. Where do you go? So, It's easy. AussiePastor.com. Just go to our website, and right on the front page is a place where you can sign up, and then we'll let you know when something big's about to happen.
1: Yeah, and we'd love to have you on board. We would. And if you're a Facebooker or you're a YouTuber, go and like. Uh, you yep. like yeah, You like Facebook, and what do you do to YouTube? Your, yeah, you subscribe. Subscribe. Yes, and, yeah, and yeah. also like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to say a prayer. Please. Lord, thank you for being with us today. You are, you are a good God. What a saviour you are we cannot comprehend bless each of our listeners and our viewers with an experience with you jesus a life-saving eternal experience with you is my prayer in jesus name amen my name is lloyd grolleman i'm the aussie pastor
2: and my name's hunty i'm the man in black and i'm the tech and i love you but
1: we love you we love you but we cannot and we do not love you how god does see you when are we going to see them we're going to see you next time god bless bye
0: Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv.